0: Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host today. We have a special guest and, you know, she's going to be able to cover two topics, both our criminal justice system as well as our immigration system and all that it entails. Olaemi O'Lorean, welcome to Politics Done Right. And I hope I said that correctly.
1: Listen, you got it. Olaemi,
0: thank are you, you doing for today?
1: having me. I'm good. I'm happy to be talking to you.
0: Well, look, let me tell you, I saw you on the Benjamin Dixon show and I hope uh, neither Benjamin nor Miss Azor gets mad at me for going after you. But I found (laughs) you so intriguing that I had to talk to you about what you're doing out there in New York. Thank you. Well, look, um, I want to talk about uh, what you do first within the criminal justice system. You are you actually see how these things work on the inside. What right. is wrong with our system today?
1: So, so, you know, when you say what is wrong, it suggests like something, you know, there's some kind of error, like some kind of something went haphazard along the lines, but the system works works exactly how they mean it to work. I think the criminal, calling it the criminal justice system in and of itself, I think is an intentional misnomer. They they call it that so that people buy into it. They believe in and of itself, oh, that's what it's here to do. And so when it doesn't do that, they're like, this is a mistake. It's an error. The system broke somehow. But it really is just... Un- when I was studying, um, like when I thought I was going to be a lawyer and undergrad and I was studying and I was reading how the criminal system is, you know, racist and corrupt, I thought it was something insidious, like something you have to like parse out and find and, you know, statistics to show it to you. It's really just on its face, on who, who, where, down to where they put the police, what laws they pass, who they choose to arrest, how they charge it, how they treat it at arraignments, the entire thing is just deliberately set up to be on the backs of poor Black and brown people.
0: You know, it is interesting because I have I have a, a very diverse audience. And one of the things that um, people, and, and not only that, in, on my show, I try to be extremely frank. In other words, uh, I, I, I talk about the colorization. I talk about all these things within not only the criminal justice system, but immigration and otherwise. And one of the things that people, a lot of uh, people on the right, generally white in my audience, and some black folk in my audience who are sort of on the right, would mention, well, the FBI statistics says X, the FBI statistics says Y. And my answer to them always is BS in, BS out, which means, of course, and I think you just alluded to that, if you're arrest, if you're, if you're over p- policing a police in a particular neighborhood, why don't you expand on that rather than me uh, saying that?
1: So first of all, where they put the police are in black and brown neighborhoods. It's just a reality, right? You walk in, you're in Manhattan somewhere, nice, you're not gonna see the police. You walk in Brooklyn, the minute you get off the train station where I'm at, police are there right also you have to deal with the fact that what people think of as crime or what they're thinking the police actually do is just not what it is that's not what you're seeing in the criminal system the majority of my cases are absolutely nonsense like oh some poor person jumped the turnstile somebody had an argument with their mother those are the kinds of things oftentimes too your clients are the ones calling the police for help they're calling they think You know, the police is someone that will just talk and de-escalate or step in or something like that. Like people will call because they're having an argument with their family member. And now the next thing you know, someone's being arrested. They have no choice of their own. And most things in the criminal system don't actually get prosecuted, right? Like the majority of the system is just like nonsense misdemeanors. They get thrown out. They don't do this. They don't make it there. Because these aren't about like having strong cases. It's about just where police are being placed and who they can get into the system and who they can continue these cases against. So. That's really um, what it ends up looking like. It just isn't what people think it is. And we have to go against the general media narrative, right? If you watch TV, you watch the news, you watch all these different things, it's constantly being made out like crime, 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 crime is this big issue. There are all these big bad boogeymen. That's when it was in the criminal system, but it's not, it's just other people look just like me, look just like you doing regular things, having regular activity, things that become, you know, criminal that wouldn't be like, I, I do the same with my friends I like to do is like watch TV and look at how many things would be a, a criminal case if this were a black person, this was t- a, t- a different type of thing. Like you watch stuff and it's joke, like I was watching How I Met Your Mother last night, first episode, Ted Mosby decides he wants to go steal the, the blue trumpet horn to give to Robin out of the restaurant. And I'm just like, and if he were black and I Manhattan, that would be a misdemeanor and he'd be fighting that for the next year. And that's how it is. You watch things and they don't, they don't, they don't craft crime this way. The narrative isn't crafted around white people. It's not pointed out to you as crime. It's just them living. But when the narrative um, has to do with people of color, all of a sudden, it's this big whoo, this boogeyman, and people are picturing this different kind of thing. And then they, they go from thinking of people in the criminal system as people like them and their own part of their community to these, like, big bad problems that can't be addressed or dealt with in any other way but locking them up and throwing them away. But it's, it's just not that.
0: It is amazing because if what you're telling me, if, uh, most of the cases that you're handling have to do with somebody jumping a style or somebody picking up some. if it's these little things, it almost tells you that this big fear that crime is so bad. And every time you see somebody using a gun on the street on TV, that if you walk in the middle of Brooklyn, there are people are, well, Brooklyn has several million people, right? And yeah. if you have, One incident a day, or five incidents a day, or ten incidents a day. Yeah, most of Brooklyn is just fine, and likely it is it is isolated. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, and 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 even and even just that is the reality. Is this even if you thought crime is what it is, even if I conceded to that and I said, okay, crime is this huge problem, and we have all these people committing crime and doing that, doing this. The response that still wouldn't support the idea that we need to have all these police and we need to have this expensive criminal system because. If that's the case, if crime is what it is, say we have the worst crime problem ever. We have the most police employed. There's no other place putting the money into policing that America's putting into it. There's no amount of people having the amount of police. There's no money, no more places policing this much, having all these laws, having this criminal, this criminal system. So if we have this huge prison industrial complex, all this money given to the police, all this money in this, well, why is it not safe then? If that's what leads to safety, why is it not safe? New York, New York gives eleven billion dollars to policing.
0: You know, Brittany Brittany Packnett, uh, I don't know if you know who she is.
1: Yeah, I think she's
0: Yeah, she's an activist and and uh, she made the same case actually two days ago. She Look said, up. We have had over the last several years an increase in the budgets for police and an increase in crime. Doesn't that right. tell you that if you're judging based on the amount of money that you put into something, that it's completely and entirely ineffective?
1: Is yes. that correct? Right? Yes exactly people don't want to they don't want to talk about where crime actually comes from the root the root reality I tell you what
0: I, I and that's where I wanted to go next so you you anticipated my question give us the root
1: the root of crime is poverty right the root of crime is all these other societal social ills that we have it's mental illness is strife is stress is all of that it's all linked to that I always think it's funny because um, I've noticed this in America in general all of America's like um, underdog stories and things that they love and people they love to champion, always have a background of something that like a criminal case, some kind of this. And now all of a sudden they're this beloved person that you don't, you're not scared of, you know, what changed? What changed their resources, right? Like they always like, oh, they changed, they're no longer this because they don't have to be. Like people aren't choosing a life of crime. People aren't choosing to be stressed. So nobody wants to be dealing with the police. Nobody wants to have to steal anything. Nobody wants to have to fight anything. Those things happen because of other, other um, burdens and stress. Like I always try to tell people, the times in my life where I've been most likely to curse somebody out or fight somebody in the streets, I was broke. Life was hard. I was stressed out. It was this. If you alleviate the conditions that lead to this, it wouldn't happen. Like, it's no coincidence that while the policing budget and mass incarceration and all this is going up, the money they're putting into the schools is going down. The money they're putting into the mental health resources is going down. All of this is very, very clearly connected.
0: And and they, they choose not to see that and not but but you know what is ironic when you when you racialize uh, criminality it's amazing because I don't I, I don't you're probably too young to remember the crack epidemic yeah, I lived I know through about
1: the, it historically
0: you heard about it uh, yes. the crack epidemic uh, it was a bad thing and these were super superhuman guys that were using crack of course the guys that used cocaine they didn't much bother them the reaction to the drug are the same but now we have the opioid epidemic and now it's a disease.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's an mm-hmm. issue that needs funding. It's an issue that needs all these. In other words, we're not funding the criminality that we fund, I mean, the police that we funded to handle crack back in the 80s and 90s. Right. We're funding the medical health of these yep. people who are addicts. I think that just made your case. In other words, yep. If you move the money towards what the, what did you call it? The root of the problem. It yep. seems like we would have solutions, right?
1: Exactly. But the reality is what people don't like to say is there is some level of, you know, ignorance, right? Like people just don't know better. We've been, you know, um, we've all been fed the narrative on policing. Like our whole life, everything is police. You see them there in the shows. You have every reason to believe that. I understand why people have a default in trusting the police and the criminal system. There is an aspect of that. Like people don't have the information. But there's a large aspect of just not being honest about the fact that they they want it that way. They have built a business over police. Police get money over time to arrest people. Prosecutors are getting paid. Um, the, the prisons are making money. All of this is a business. They are in the business of doing this, right? So there's that aspect. It's that, it's that road you have to tread. It's like, let me try to educate who I can educate. But we have to be honest about these people are not Unaware that the system is working, how they want it to work. They know it. It's not accidentally just working like this every single state. You know, it's it's like this deliberately, unfortunately, but deliberately.
0: That is one of the reasons the privatization of the criminal justice system is so is so dangerous because when it becomes a profit motive, at that yeah. point there's a reason to sustain uh the way it actually works. That that is a yeah. shame. But anyhow, um, so as a public defender. I want to close out this quick section about as a public defender, that most of the people that you find in the system are for petty things, which Mm -hmm. just about says that the police has too much. They don't have much to do.
1: None, None to do. Nothing to do.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. That's a good Bahamian type uh, thing to do.
1: (laughs) Like, not at all. I think I say that every day. Every time I get a case of a family member, like cursing out each other or having a dispute, I call up my family and remind them that they would all be in prison if we lived in the Bahamas. I'm like, I'm like, you, the first time I realized you could charge somebody with harassment for cursing you out, I'm like, what like, <laughs> i have narrowly evaded custody <laughs> like so it, it's unbelievable the stupidness you read i open a case cases i'm like sometimes i literally i have to say it on the record i'm like your honor read this i can't let's be serious let's have a serious and it'll be crazy because you would think when you point out ridiculous people like the shame the shame would stop them no the prosecutor will be next to me double down like I'll be like, listen, I have the complaint in here. The complaint says it ain't happened. They call the police, da-da-da, there's an explosion. They're like, we're not prepared to dismiss any charges at this time. If
0: you're not prepared, you better dismiss.
1: the, The very, very first case I ever, ever arraigned as a public defender, this guy was accused of criminal trespassing, right, at his own house address. But here's the best part. On by the police's own, they gave him a ticket. On the ticket, they have to take his license, write his address on the ticket, his home address. They wrote the home address, the same address as they're saying he was trespassing. I literally say, I'm like, Your Honor, I'm like, I'm gonna make a show of this. I'm like, if everybody could just turn their attention, let's read. My client is accused of trespassing at this address. Flipped to the next page for his home address, same address. Prosecutors still would not dismiss. Like, why would he dismiss? Because they cannot bring themselves to not double down on the investment in this goofy system.
0: That is a prime shame. Anyhow, um, for all my audience, they can listen that just as I have uh, an accent, you also have one. You are from the Bahamas. I heard you tell a story about how difficult it is for some people who have come to this country, played their part, as you are a public defender working very hard within the system, and you're still having issues with immigration when others don't. Why don't you tell us that story?
1: It's um, it's an uphill battle that, for me, I'm lucky enough that it even is a battle, because for a lot of people, there's just simply no option. It's not even available to you um, at all. Like Anytime anyone asks me, I was having this conversation with my big sister the other day, because the U.S. immigration system is so impossible that people have a hard time believing it is. They see you there, and they ask you, you know, how did you do it? And when you when you basically tell them, there's no way for you to replicate this, you know what I mean? It's insane. What do I tell you? Go back 13 years, go to a bunch of schools. So find hundreds of thousands of dollars, pay for a bunch of education, do OPT, work a lot of jobs to the bone. You can't collect no money and hope and pray to God you managed to land on the right lottery situation where you could get a visa, you know, so it's, in, it's incredibly, incredibly difficult to be able to stay like I have a sister just as competent as me, literally on the med school path or whatever, graduated with all the honors, had to and going to med school in the Caribbean. I have it. I've seen it happen more times than not. Most international students who I went to school with aren't here anymore. A lot of Bahamians that I know aren't here anymore because it's just so it's so unfeasible and inaccessible
0: to us. Uh, what's the solution? Because I mean, how, what's your solution? How are you going to? What, what are? What do you plan on doing?
1: Well, there needs to be more routes to citizenship. That's the first thing, right? Like the the reality is, you can't apply for citizenship unless you're married, um, you get married, or you have a green card or some a permanent residency in some way. And you can't get those from even most of the visa outlets. If you could even manage to get a student a student visa or work visa, anything, those still don't guarantee you routes to citizenship. And getting the work visas. <sighs> Like there's a cap on the system. It's incredibly expensive. There are wait lists that are 10 years and plus long dependent on what kind of... So the first thing they need to do is people who come on student visas should automatically have a re- like access to a work visa and ability to get a green card. If people are there, they're legally there for a certain amount of years, they should automatically have an avenue. Second, they need to make these processes way less expensive. Like, And not only is it expensive to pay for, but a lot of times, even for the student visas, you have to be able to show like at one time that whoever's your sponsor, your parent can pay for years and years of school at once in their bank statement. They have to show that or they can't get it, even if they don't have to. Like for law school, I went to law school in a full scholarship, Um, but the tuition was 53,000 or something like that a year. For them to give me my my student visa for me to be able to go to law school where I got a full scholarship, my daddy had to be able to show financially that he would be able to pay this amount, this tuition every year, even though he doesn't have to. And they show like they make him provide an affidavit of supporter. You have to provide this amount of mo- much more money or they can't get it. So they already make it so poor people have no access to that system at all. It's, that's wild. I, I, it's, it's incredible. So people don't realize that. And I think that's the first thing that needs to happen. There needs to be actual routes where people could stay illegally.
0: And, you know, for those who said, well, look, uh, y- y- you take what you can get. This isn't your country. I mean, I, I would love to hear your response because I do have a response, but I'm, incre- I'm interested in yours.
1: You know, I don't really care about too much what they have to say. Like, I don't even really even get into, because there's just no merit there. And like, why, why engage you? Because you could be as mad as you want to be. I'm still here, right? Like, as far as I look at it, it's like, this is the life that I built. The same way people feel attachments to anything that they've built, anything they've done with an investment, anything they've done right, wrong, or not nothing. I, everything that I have, I earned. I came here uh, legally, not that I think it matters in terms of your investment or your place and your right to feel attached to a country you built your home, but nevertheless. I came here legally. I went to your schools. I got all your degrees. I cleaned up. I took the bar. I passed. I'm here. I'm a contributing member of society. I don't really care how you feel um, about it. And honestly, if I had the same kind of mentality you have, what's likely is you probably wouldn't be sitting in this country either, right? Because I don't know how many people are just true-blooded Americans go all the way back. You know, it's this, it's land. You're, that's you're, the you're, answer. You're...
0: That's the answer I was waiting for. That's yes. the answer. That's the answer I was waiting for. In other words, this is one. This country in particular. All of us in this hemisphere have a right to be here. Yes, we know that certain things have to be done for paperwork, but everybody on this hemisphere has the right to be here. Exactly. You know, and I, I think it, it's time for us to, it's time for people to stop being apologetic or, 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 or relegating themselves to some sort of second class uh, personhood or something like that.
1: And people really feel like you should be, and they feel like it's, it's okay to talk to you that way. I've, I've experienced it even from like people who are like your friends, or they're like, you know, they they engage with you in this way that it's like ultimately they don't think this is their country, this isn't yours, this isn't da 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 da. But the way I've navigated that is this. I remember once being really upset about an immigration. Somebody said something to me offensive. I can't remember what it was in law school, but I called my daddy very upset. and <laughs> My daddy's a Nigerian man. And I was like, telling him, telling him. And I'm so upset. Da, da, da. And my daddy was like, is that all? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And, <he> was, <laughs> and I was like.
0: I like your hey,
1: dad. I, my daddy, how old is he?
0: No, I said, I like your dad.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 my daddy. So he goes, um, I was like, yeah, my well, daddy. I was, and he was like, allow me. You go to the people's country. I expect more pushback than that. He's like, you've gone to their schools, you beat them in the schools, you do all these things. That's what I insist. And I was like, you know what? That's true. You know what I mean? Like no other space I've existed in before as a black woman as it is this. They don't want me there either. They have a lot of comments for, for, for some reason or another. There's always something to say. And if I, you know, allowed myself to move or be or be affected based on the whims of others or what they think I'm entitled to or what I think ever I do, I wouldn't accomplish nothing or any of the things I have. So that's not my business. They could be as mad as they want to be about it. I'm here.
0: Learn. tell me oh, I I I mess up your name all the time. Oh, tell Yo, yeah, tell me something that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you.
1: You should have asked me that you did not ask me. Um
0: and let's, let me also tell you that I love when people have to look in the ear first because it tells me I must have asked them quite a bit of stuff already.
1: Yeah, 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 you covered. Um I don't know, maybe uh what I want to see happen?
0: What I do you think. want? Yes,
1: I think the narrative is what's got to change. A lot of what um, is able to go down is just because people have controlled the narrative and they prevented other stories from coming out. And I think, as it pertains to immigration, immigrants have, are just not in the position to be our own advocates so much of the time. Like people are, while I'm going through my immigration stuff for so many years, they're like, "Oh, you should tell people about this. If they knew this," and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "How am I tell them when I have a pending?" um you know visa application in front of uscs i can't do that like i'm not in a position you know to do it and that's what happens so often is immigrants while they're going through it they're not in a position to talk about it and by the time they are things have gone south you know what i mean they're they have to go rebuild a life somewhere else so i feel like um what i really want to see happen is people really have an understanding that people cannot just do it the right day the right way they can't just come here they can't just apply for citizenship because i think when that changes when people it will be harder for um, politicians to get up on stage and say empty things like that to people, like and just not offer any routes to citizenship because people will finally have real understanding of the system and what needs to change. Immigration is one of those things they talk about ad nauseum just every year since I've been in this country, and I have never heard that the policy ain't changed once since I've been here, I've had to see, I'm like, so it's because people don't know so what i want to do is i want to see the narrative change i want people to be aware like your, immigrat- your immigration situation is actually a little bit raggedy the system is a little bit it's got it's got a lot to improve and we need routes so that
0: olayemi lauren thank you so kindly for having been on politics done right your energy is palpable and not only that but it's transmissible you have a wonderful rest of your thank day
1: thank you so much bye